This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. Many times when it looks like people are not taking accountability or responsibility for their actions in the organization, frequently it's not because the individual is flawed. Now, of course, there are individuals who have some challenges and issues and they refuse to take accountability. However, if you're noticing that that tends to be true of all of your people or most of your people, more than likely you have more of a cultural problem rather than an individual problem. So what we're going to do today is to take a really close look at what happens if people are not taking responsibility and how to actually cascade accountability better. In your organization. So frequently, I am actually working in organizations where initially the culture is one that I would say is one of blame or what I'd call a punitive culture. And in a punitive culture, basically, when anything goes wrong, people are looking for who to pin that on and heads start rolling in the organization. For the team member or the employee, it's kind of a win-lose scenario where that team member or employee is the one who is the loser. And so in this kind of an environment where blame and punishment, a lot of times they're very negative consequences, and punishment for problems or issues that take place, what you end up creating is a culture of silence and a culture of hiding errors and mistakes. And you intensify and magnify that tendency to point fingers. So in such organizations, you end up having what I call constricted learning of the growth and the development in the organization. And people, because they're hiding out, They're covering up errors. Those errors remain a part of the DNA of the organization and they don't get fixed. And the learning that's necessary to move forward does not happen. So how do you then move from this blame, win-lose, punishment, finger-pointing culture to a culture of accountability? So number one, I would say it's important to reward the identification of problems. Because identifying problems is actually new learning in the organization. So rather than to see a problem as something to be punished, say, whoops, they've uncovered this, great. Because now that it's uncovered, we can do something about it. We can get rid of it as a problem and we can move forward. So that's number one, figure out how to reward the identification of problems. Number two, come together collectively to discover a fix. 
most problems in organizations are very complex and they're deep and they have a lot of tentacles that stretch throughout the organization. And you're not going to see all aspects of that problem with one set of eyes. So when you bring team members together collectively, you're much more likely to see the fuller extent of the problem and identify what would work to fix it. So I'd say create the fix collectively and together. And number three, when you bring that team together, it's important to ask, What are we doing well? And then also, what can we improve? You need to ask both. And so often, I find that people are willing to ask, what can we improve? But they kind of skip over or avoid asking, what are we doing well? As if that's unimportant. But what you do well is the foundation upon which you're going to build the future. And you want more of what you're doing well. And sometimes what's going well is in one area and you can transfer those same practices over to another area. So it's very important to identify and explore what's going well in addition to what you can improve. And then number four, what else do we need? Sometimes as you're fixing something, you recognize and realize There's a resource that's missing. There's a support that's missing. And you want the team to be able to identify, well, what do we need in order to really do this at the level that we want to do it? What support do we need from each other? And what support do we even need from outside of ourselves? And then number five, the question to ask is, how can I help as opposed to Who is to blame? So whenever there's a challenge out there and the opportunity really in the problem, the question for each team member is how can I help with that problem? So by focusing on these five approaches where you are rewarding the identification of problems, number one, number two, you're coming together collectively to identify a fix. Three, you're asking what are we doing well and what can we improve? And four, you're saying, what else do we need? What additional support? And number five, you're asking, how can I help? When you do that, you are moving from the blame, finger-pointing, punishment culture to the accountability and learning organization culture. And I find that as organizations create that, more people take responsibility raise their hand and say, you know, that happened because I did so-and-so, or that happened because I failed to do so-and-so, and here's the story behind it, or here's what happened, and here's what I'm going to do differently in the future, and here's what I need to move forward. And that's a very healthy place to be. In the work that I do with a variety of organizations, The key distinction that I've seen over many years between organizations that thrive versus those that don't is that ability to really cultivate the accountability culture. And for many people, when I first meet them, 
It's also being able to move from the blame, finger-pointing, punishing culture to create the accountability culture. And what I've seen is that when organizations commit to this and put the practices in place that support that new kind of learning and accountability culture, they quickly move to thriving and to really making a difference. So I would love to bring that same culture to your organization and to really help you dial in that learning and accountability culture and, if necessary, extinguish that blaming punishment culture. So give me a call and we'll talk about what that looks like in your context. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.